I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. So, 194. Hopping on for a quick episode tonight. Nothing really. Um, hopefully, I, you know, I always say that and I end up going long. But um, I just got done watching the Knicks, the New York Knicks, open up their preseason game one. Um, and, you know, I thought it was whatever. You know, I thought it was solid. You know, it was okay. Um but it's kind of hard to take anything away from game one of the preseason at that. Um, but, you know, it was a very Tom Thibodeau. By the way, I found out. I finally figured it out. So when you pronounce his entire name, it is T-H. It's Thibodeau. But when you give him the nickname, it's Tibbs. So I finally figured it out because they were saying it on the broadcast t- uh, tonight. And I figured I-, I was able to uh, figure out the distinction. So you do... You pronounce the th when you say his entire his, his entire name, but when you fucking you know say his nickname, you just pronounce the t. So it's Thibodeau and Tibbs. So there you go. Hopefully we can remember this. Am I the only one who's had issues with that? <laughs> but I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was a very Tom Thibodeau um, game. You know, he 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 went with the veterans out of the gate. Very yuck lineup to surround RJ with. You know floor shrinkers and guys who play half court games but the Knicks played hard defense the youths ended up playing well in the end and um, you know despite the offense looking very similar um, the ball did swing around a lot which was good so but in terms of the shooting it was pretty poor but the Knicks did play hard D and you know the 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 big uh, player of the night for the Knicks was Obi Toppin um, who fucking surprised many but it wasn't that impressive to me because I know he's he's capable of doing that. Um, you know, goes out there and pours in 11 points with seven rebounds in 20 minutes. Um, and we're going to get into that. Uh, you know, that's that's for another episode. This is Yankees tonight. Uh, the Knicks, we're going to talk about the Knicks. We actually just wrote our, our uh, first blog of the season on the Knicks. So our Game 1 preseason recap is out. So go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com for that. And go to the Knicks section of the blog, and you can see the, uh, you know, I broke it down. Give my analysis on preseason game one for the Knicks um, against the Pistons. So, look at that. But if you don't know this, um, we are going to be, again, heavy on the Knicks um, starting starting tonight. You know, we have nightly recaps in the blog, and then we will have podcasts out on the Knicks every two games. So, every one game, we have a nightly recap. Um, and then every two games we will have an episode as well. So that's including the postseason. So there's four postseason games. I'm sorry, preseason. So there's four preseason Nick games. Uh, that means we'll have four recaps in the blog and two podcast episodes. So Sunday is their next preseason game. So I will have the blog out, writing down my breakdown of the game. And as well as that, the same night. I will be recording the podcast on the first two preseason games. So now that that is said, (laughs) um, Yankees, Yankees for 194. That's what we're going to be talking about. 
Um, a little bit of we're going to touch on what happened on Yes Hot Stove the other night because some things were said and some interesting shit. You know, you take it as you may be, but take it as it may be. But fucking, you know, it was something I um I didn't watch the entire thing. I, I saw some clips of it and I read about it. But I mean, um, we're going to discuss it nonetheless. So. And I also, I was, here's the thing. I was watching the Michael K show that I was watching earlier today. And today, I mean a Friday, um, earlier Friday night, December 11th, as I speak. Um, but yeah, earlier tonight, Friday, I was watching the Michael K show. They were having a very interesting discussion because I always think about this. All right. I'm a victim to it. I always, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. But they were talking about when you talk about your favorite sports team, can are you allowed to say we as opposed to they? Right? You know, so so for example, you know, if the Yankees are playing and the Yankees lose, you know, I'm most likely gonna say we suck, right? Or if we win, hey, we played well. Are you allowed to do that? Or as a fan not affiliated with the organization, you know, professionally, should you only use the word they, you know, they suck, they played well, right? That was an interesting topic I thought they brought up. And um, somebody brought up a good point. I forget somebody, they were, they were quoting somebody. Was it Mike Greenberg, I think, who said, um, they were talking about him who quoted earlier saying for college, it's different. You know, if you're an alumni of that school, you use the word, you use the term we. But for a professional team, if you're going to use the word we, they were saying that you have to use it 100% of the time. You can't use it, you know, with a bias. You have to use it when you win. You have to use it when you lose. You can't only use it when things are going well. I thought that was pretty funny. But I'm one who, I kind of mix it up. I don't really have a consistency, I've noticed. I, sometimes I'll use the term they, sometimes we. Um, but that's one thing I always found funny. What do you guys think about that? Let me know in the comments. Um, but yeah, I always thought that was weird. <laughs> they or we. I don't know, it's weird. Obviously, you're not part of the organization. But as a fan, a lot of us just like, it just comes natural, I guess, to us. You know, because we... Are just like, it's part of our lives, you know? I don't know. I don't know. It was pretty interesting. All right, so um, that happened. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to go into uh, a little bit of what Brian Cashman said on Yankees Hot Stove and, and what Aaron Hicks was saying on the Hot Stove and um, maybe talk about some some things to come. You know, maybe talk about um, some potential free agents who... Uh, one guy in particular I want to talk about tonight because I because I read an article, um, fucking about this kid and um, or he's more of a veteran, but um, and I think the Yankees should take a look at this guy. So we're gonna get into that, and um, that'll be it. So let's head to our first break, and as soon as we get back, we will uh, dive right into everything. All right. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribed to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. 
forward slash connect. Yeah, so um, so Brian Cashman, I think it was about two nights ago, was on the hot stove on Yes. They asked him a couple of questions he was answering. Um, you know, So they asked him, you know, obviously the one everybody wants to know is what's going on with this, um, the DJ LeMayu negotiations, right? Are they going to re-sign him? Will they let him walk? Um, and, you know, the answer he gave, your typical, you know, bullshit Yankees PR, you know, your new age Yankees response, right? A bunch of PR bullshit in there. Um, he uses the word intent about two or three more times. We heard that enough in previous off seasons. So he used the word intent. Um, he said the Yankees will, and I quote, try to re-sign him. Didn't love hearing that try to means they're going to be very strict with that low budget they have. Um, but yeah, it was very, you know, your t- typical tiring bullshit, you know, politically correct, um, you know, quote, you know, used a lot of fancy terms and, and weird terms. Like we're going to exhaust the Mayhew's options first, like stupid shit like that. Um, I also read an article on the NY Post that was paraphrasing Cashman, and I'm going to read it right here. I have it on a, written down here. It says, on the NY Post, word for word, what they have is, Cashman pointed to Jordan Montgomery as a potential number two starter and was encouraged by what he saw from Davey Garcia following his debut. Beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, Cashman mentioned Clark Schmidt, Mike King, Nick Nelson, and Miguel Yajuri as other possible pieces for the rotation. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. First of all, Jordan Montgomery as a potential number two, if you've got that, you're in trouble. If you're supposed to be contending for a World Series and you're looking at Jordan Montgomery as your number two starter, that's not good because this guy at best, at the very best, is a number three. Uh, but I think for the most part, he'll be a solid four or five. Um, he's not a number two, bottom line. Um, encouraged by what he saw from Davey. Yeah, we all were. He had a very strong, um, you know, rookie stint towards the end there. He looked sharp. Um, and then to say that, you know, Nick Nelson and Miguel Yajuri could be considered here as parts of the rotation (laughs) just goes to show you how shallow this Yankee staff is at the moment and how much we need help there. You know, we need, we need a lot and. um, so that that's not really promising. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come down to that. I hope we can eventually spend somewhat and get some good arms in that rotation. But again, yeah, if we're trying to to spend on a budget, how realistic is a Trevor Bauer? You know, maybe we're gonna have to trade for a bigger name. I don't know. Um, anyways, as far as that DJ LeMayu thing goes, again, I've said it before, but I think eventually, you know, ultimately DJ will resign here. Um, I believe again, four years, maybe with an option for year five, given 80 million across four, you know, a hundred across five, something like that. Um, but you know, let's just play along. I've been avoiding this subject. You know, I don't want to talk about it because, you know, DJ is everything to me on this team, but you know, if it happens, you know, if it comes to be that LeMayhew ends up walking, and maybe Uncle Stevie from the Mets signs him. <laughs> um, you know, if that happens, if the Yankees were stupid enough to let him walk, I think they must 
see, I'm using the word they here, they or we, I think they must go out and snag Lindor. That's the only possible, you know, if you're losing a player of LeMahieu's caliber, right, one of the better players in the game, you have to replace him by going out and getting one of the better players in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I look at it. And you're, you know, the only way to replace his style of hitting, right, making contact and playing good defense, you go out and get someone like Lindor, who puts the ball and play a ton, has power, can switch shit, and plays good defense. Um, limited to shortstop, but you know he's the he's the better overall player, obviously, younger, more talented player at least. Um, but that's the only way. And even then, even if that were to happen, it's gonna it's gonna be a hit on the Yankees because again, this guy's, you know, if not the best contact hitter in the sport, um, is one of them, you know, and that's gonna hurt because the Yankees, you know, Yankee squad like this is desperate for guys who can put the ball in play. We don't have quite enough of them, and you know, replacing DJ with with another guy who makes solid contact doesn't really give you more contact. It just neutralizes it. Right. It keeps it the same. And DJ is probably, in terms of K-rate, a little better than Lindor. But that's besides the point. He's a fucking great player. You don't want to lose him. So hopefully we don't get into that scenario. Oh, that would suck. Um, Cashman also spoke about Glaber Torres. Said he was not in good shape this past season. He came out and said that straight up. Um, you know, he used the, uh, the second spring training as, I guess, you know, to lighten the discs. You know, saying that that the whole revamping of the uh, spring training gonna have to transition to a summer training and, and start the season late, that kind of messed with him, and that that layoff there kind of uh, got to Torres, and he he kind of I guess didn't take it serious, or whatever it was, and, and fucking you know he wasn't in shape for the first you know several months of the season, and then he finally found his groove late in the year. Um, you know, towards the end of the regular season and into the postseason, of course, too. So he said he wasn't in great shape. Um, so I hope he's in better shape this this that next upcoming season. Um, he also said he also admitted that Torres is a better second baseman than he is a shortstop. Not shocking, right? Not surprising at all to any of us who watch the Yankees. Um, he's a terrible defensive shortstop. He's very sloppy. Um, trouble finishing off plays. You know, loses focus out there. Just not very good. Um, second baseman, he's not that good either, you know. At both positions, he will make his flashy plays. You know, he will make some really highlight, real type of um, plays. But you know, he doesn't look good anywhere on the diamond. Um, but second is marginally better for Glaber Torres. Aaron Hicks spoke on the hot stove, and this was encouraging, saying his elbow is still not one hundred percent. You know, saying that the Yankees have asked him before how it feels. He said his arm at times, he feels it sometimes sucks, I think he was saying. <laughs> so, if he's saying it's still not 100% over one year since the Tommy John surgery, I have a feeling this contract won't end well, right? And I don't care. I don't care that it's a cheap deal. I know 70 for 7, I get it, 10 per. But I care about results, okay? And for one, you know, this guy cannot stay on the field. Okay? So, you know, one more big injury. If this becomes a thing where he misses more time, that makes that cheap, you know, amazing contract untradeable. 
right? If he's out again this year for a chunk of time, nobody's going to want him despite the contract. He's already had a very deep injury-riddled resume. That happens again. It's not going to look good regardless of the contract. And I just don't think he's that great of a player, okay? You signed him for 770 because maybe he's just that type of guy. You know, oh, we got him on such a steal. No, maybe, you know, it's one of those sayings, you get what you pay for, and he's not that good of a player, okay? Not only is he never really healthy, he's just not that good. He gives you okay production at the plate, but I think he hits too high in the order. I think he's a number guy, guy number nine guy that's constantly at the top of the order. Um, you know, he'll get on base. Um, he's not going to hit you the ball at a high clip. You know, he'll walk and he'll slug occasionally. He'll hit a clutch home run. And then he plays defense, but his defense has regressed. Um, maybe it was due to, again, not being in shape like Torres, but it did regress in 2020. So it's not the price for me when talking about Hicks. It's just that we have, you know, we gave him an okay player, the go-ahead. We gave him the keys to center field for the next seven years, or what is it now, five? So that's that's the thing. It's just as simple as that. Is I don't want an okay player like Aaron Hicks being our guy for the next several seasons. You know, I just, I don't buy the whole Aaron Hicks is so great. Aaron Hicks is underrated. You know, Yankees fans love to throw that term at him. You know, who do they, who, who do Yankees fans think this guy is? You know, and I'm, I'm going to be, you know, criticized by the uh, analytical, you know, 16 year olds on Twitter, of course, but, I'm sorry, he's not that great. You know, baseball is more than just crunching numbers and trying to nitpick and finding a stat to to bank on. He's just, he's not that good. He's a 220 hitter. He's a 370 on base guy. Great, but not everything is about just getting on. But he's going to have to do more than, you know, ground out and draw some walks. Fucking, and then play defense. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. You get what you pay for. He's an okay player. He's not a great player to me. He's an okay player who's not even healthy enough to to produce at an okay rate. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Hicks saying I'm still not 100%. So who wants to, uh, who wants to hit the under on 120 games next season for Hicks? <laughs> I'll slam that button. Um, Speaking of bad contracts, happy Stanton Day. I'm pretty sure today, December 11th, was the uh, day uh, four years ago that, um, four years ago, three years ago, that Giancarlo Stanton signed with the Yankees. <laughs> so that was fun. I saw a picture of him uh, holding up the, the jersey, and um, it said uh, happy Stanton Day, whatever. So I think today was the day. Also, I just noticed, how ironic is that, that he picked number 27? I don't know if he was 27 in Miami, I forget, but it is kind of ironic how Stanton gets number 27. You know, and we're still not winning. So, just garbage. Speaking of garbage, Nestor Cortez Jr. is back. Yes, nasty Nestor is back. Junk baller. (laughs) Uh, I saw that earlier. He put it out on Instagram. Contract details, I don't think they were announced, but he's back. I do believe he's back. 
So that there's some bullpen depth, <laughs> I guess. Oh, man. Um, speaking of depth, the Yankees lost a couple of guys. They lost three prospects in the Rule 5 draft. Right-handed pitcher Garrett Whitlock went to Boston. Right-handed pitcher Trevor Steven went to Cleveland. And uh, a shortstop who you know, many Yankees fans know, I think, Kyle Holder went to uh, Philadelphia. I don't know Whitlock. I may have heard of Steven, but I know that Yankees fans remember Holder from, uh, what was it, two spring trainings ago when he had a very good preseason? <laughs> or was it last year? Maybe in the first spring training of last year. I don't know. But So they lost those three prospects in the Rule 5 draft. Big deal. Um, I saw an article saying that the Yankees should go for Brad Hand, and that's who I really want to get to tonight. So we're going to take a break, uh, our last break, and when we get back, um, yeah, when we get back, we'll talk about Brad Hand. All right. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribed to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. I was really surprised when I saw that Brad Hand was on the free agent market. I didn't even know he was out there. There's been no noise on him. He's a good fucking pitcher, man. He's a good pitcher. And I gotta I gotta kinda retract some of the things I've said about this uh pitching market. It's actually a little better than I thought. It's still not great. You know, it's still pretty shallow, but it is better than I thought. You know, talking about some of the relievers the last couple of episodes that we've covered the Yankees, there are some decent guys out there. And Brad Hand is one who I think is amongst the the better relievers in the game. Um, and listen, the Yankees should at least kick some tires here. See what they can do. You know? Um, left-handed pitcher. We've got quite a few of them, but, you know, he, he gets the outs. Um, three-time All-Star. And the Yanks, just bottom line, the Yankees need trustworthy bullpen arms. And Brad Hand is consistently productive. He's very trustworthy. Um, you know, since becoming a full-time reliever in 2016 with San Diego, um, so you know, five years ago, he's been very effective as a reliever. A 270 ERA, a 106 whip, and in four of the last five years, that ERA is under three. 12.2 Ks per nine since uh, becoming a reliever, 3.0 walks per nine, but under three in three of the last five years in terms of his walks per nine. So, listen, man, he's good. And more recently, uh, you know, if if you're looking at 2020, he led the MLB with 16 saves this year. He had a 2.05 ERA and a 7.7 whip, uh, 0.77 whip to go with a 11.9 and 11.9 Ks per nine. So, dynamic pitcher, right? Very dynamic slider. That's his go-to pitch, um, but also a pretty precise fastball um, with average, you know, pretty underwhelming velocity, but it's very precise, and it has a high spin rate, too, I believe. 
<clears throat> um, but that slider is his devastating go-to pitch. That's his best pitch by far. Um, you know, in on the left-handed batters, and he'll go back door on righties with it. So uh, he's very good, lefty on lefty. Right, he's a left-handed pitcher, very good against left-handed batters. He's almost an automatic out every time he faces a lefty. Um, lefties have hit under the Mendoza each of the last four seasons on Brad Hand, 125 this past year. Um, he's not allowed a home run versus lefties in two years. Doesn't allow many home runs at all. Just 0.9 over the course of his career. 0.9 as a reliever. Just a very efficient keep the ball in the park type of guy. Um, now the one thing about that, okay, he used to be strikeout, uh, strikeout ground out. You know, that that's obviously an analytic stream right there, right? Miss bats and keep the ball on the ground but over the last couple of seasons he's kind of became more of a strikeout flyout pitcher so that is kind of concerning you know although the home runs haven't been an issue you know it is kind of concerning becoming that he's turned from a ground out guy to a flyout guy you know if the Yankees are going to take him and having to have him pitch in that toy ballpark of Yankee Stadium right that is somewhat of a concern right are those fly balls that are outs in other stadiums going to turn out to be home runs in Yankee Stadium, right? Especially if you're using him in lefty-on-lefty situations with the short porch out in right field. So that's something to think about. That's the one thing that might scare a lot of uh, you know guys in the Yankee front office there from, from going after a Brad Hand. Um, but again, he is likely going to be cheap. You know, in a market like this, the Indians declined his one-year, ten million deal, his option there. They declined it, um, you know, and he's projected. I was reading around; he's projected to get about two years, twelve to sixteen million. So, you know, for a thirty-one-year-old in March, paying him, you know, six to eight million as a salary over the next two seasons, that's not bad, man. You know, this is a fucking. If you can get him for that price, as he's projected to, to command, that's a no-brainer. You know, do you really want to bank on Johnny Lasagna? Do you really want to bank on Chad Green, Adam fucking Adovino, Nick Nelson, you know, Luis Sessa, who you just tendered? Do you really want to rely on those, you know, group of men after your big guns, right? After Britain, after Chapman, do you want actual good pitching? Or do you want, you know, a bunch of inconsistent, questionable, great at times, poor at other times, arms out there. It's pretty, it's a pretty much, it's pretty much a no brainer, right? Also the two guys that you do rely on Britain and Chapman, it's not like they're guaranteed to be great. Britain will be 33 uh, this month, like 10 days. Raldis Chapman, he keeps getting older. He's on the decline. You know, the velocity's starting to fall a little bit. And you look at the last two postseasons that Aroldis Chapman has had, not pretty. He's choked the Yankees away and onto the golf course in each of those last two postseasons we've had. So, you know, this Super Bowl pen is far gone. It is far gone. We need desperate help. You know, so are we going to cheap out or are we going to actually try and improve that pen, which is one of the bigger issues on this team right now? The depth. Brad Hand, if you can get him for the projected contract, you fucking make that deal. You've obviously got your top priorities. You've got to get LeMahieu back. 
And you've got to find another top-of-the-line starter to complement Garrett Cole. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. I'm more confident on LeMahieu re-signing than I am anything else. I think what the Yankees are going to do is is do what they've done in previous seasons, right? They're going to they're gonna re-sign LeMahieu. They're going to spend a lot of money on that. Then they'll probably try to retool the rotation with, you know, makeshift pitchers, you know, vets, guys on the decline, mediocre four ERA middling pitchers, you know, high three, four ERA guys. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and I think the bullpen, I think the bullpen will, maybe they'll add a couple guys, but again, I don't know. I hope they can go after hand because he's fucking, again, a no fucking brainer if he's actually going to get the money that they're saying, which is nothing. Fucking two years, 16 million. That's eight annual value. That's nothing. So that's pretty much it, guys. Brad Hand, talking Aaron Hicks, talking Brian Cashman, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayu. That's it. Just wanted to jump on here real quick tonight and talk about that. But I thought that was very interesting, you know, that Brad Hand still hasn't been picked up by anybody. The whole market overall for baseball has been terrible, you know. But um, I, I just hope that the Yankees can make some kind of move soon to benefit the team and not their wallets. So that's all we've got. Let's head to the NYY NYK question of the day, and then we'll wrap this one up. All right, so in episode 193 for our NYYNYK question of the day, I asked you guys, which pitcher leads the Yankees all-time in wins? The answer to that question is Whitey Ford with 236. Okay, that was the answer to 193. So in this episode, our NYYNYK question of the day for episode 194. Which Yankee is the only player to win both a World Series MVP and an All-Star Game MVP in the same season. Okay, so one last time. Which Yankee is the only player to win a World Series MVP and All-Star Game MVP in the same season? Alright, so message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or just comment the answer once I publish the podcast. Guys, once again, we talked about the Knicks tonight in the blog, so if you want to check that out, Go do that. Fucking the New York Knicks are back and they are 1-0 in the preseason. (laughs) Uh, The Yankees remain quiet, but again, tonight we just pretty much talked about what we heard on Yes Network the other night. And um, that's that, guys. So thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Rob Carbone. Doing episode 194 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way, no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Best way to get your podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, if you want to go to my website to subscribe to the podcast, to follow me on social media, to subscribe to the blog, and all that fun stuff, please do that. Go to my site, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. 
Guys, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.